everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to our show, well, it's going to seem a little strange because it's just me right now uh, for this very special uh, BlurredCon review. Um, what is BlurredCon, you might ask? Well, I'm so, so glad you asked that. Hopefully you did. Um when you turned on this recording, uh, what BlurredCon is, is it's a convention that celebrates diversity within nerd culture. And as a person of color, as a nerd, as somebody who who tries to champion nerd culture um, on our Film Talk podcast, Popcorn Prattle, I had to go to this thing. Um, I had learned about it last year. And wasn't able to find it in my busy, busy schedule um, a chance to go. But um, I did a little digging around. I talked to the right people. Uh, and then I ended up getting to go to BlurredCon. And I have got to say that was one of the best days of my life. It was like... It was basically like my whole entire life was leading up to that moment of being in a area with people who look like me and who also think like me. And that's something that I feel we kind of take for granted. Um, a lot of times we assume that everybody around us thinks and feels the same way but you know we live in a we live in a world where so many people believe in different things embrace different things they love different things they hate different things um and so to be in uh in Washington DC to attend Blurred Con and to not feel like an outsider was a very beautiful thing um, just to give you a little background, um, as you may or may not know, uh, I am a person of color. Um, I do enjoy nerdy things. And for the first part of my life, that was kind of something that ostracized me from um, other black people, um, sometimes even from white people. So it was a very, it was a very lonely um a uh, time in my life where I just did not find, I guess, like my group. Um, fortunately, I did um, because I have tons of friends who, who fortunately like all the nerdy things that I do. Um, but it took some time before I was able to uh, essentially find my tribe. Um, and that was the beautiful thing about BlurredCon was the fact that Everybody, everybody there was excited for nerd culture and was excited to talk about it with with people that, you know, they they didn't even know, really. Um, and I just had to get on the air. I didn't want to just give Blurred Con, you know, just a little shout out in the show. I had to dedicate a full episode. I had to uh, let you all know about this amazing convention and just what it means to me and 
hopefully you guys will get a chance to see what it means to a whole bunch of people. So this is going to be a, a, a bit of a, a weird episode. Um, I actually got a chance to interview several different um, comic book artists um, and authors at BlurredCon, and they are going to share with you um, some of their thoughts on diversity within entertainment and what BlurredCon means to them. So I hope you guys enjoy, and uh, yeah. Tell me your name. Oh, my name is Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor, and you are a comic book artist. Yes, I am. And writer and artist of Copycat and the Bomb Squad. You first, first off, because I want to make sure that people know about your stuff. Um, tell me a little bit more about Copycat and the Bomb Squad. Uh, Copycat is a superhero that I came up with in high school. Okay. And it's been 20 years in the making. And she's the superhero that I always wanted to see as a kid. You know, I love the X-Men. I love Storm. But I, I always wanted to see Storm in her own book and to do have the adventures like the Avengers would have. So that's what Copycat is. She's basically that superhero, African-American superhero that is doing everything on like a cosmic level. She's trying to save her own city. But it's everything I wanted to see as a kid. It's action-packed. I put there's humor. And it's just something you don't, you don't see in comics right now. Right. And I wanted her to be also to be a female character but to be edgy. I didn't want that cookie cutter, clean cut like image. She makes mistakes. Yeah. If you were a superhero, a, a superhero, and you're a teenager, you'd make mistakes. Oh, yeah. And that's what the whole book is about: mm-hmm. is her making mistakes, but she's also trying to get it right. Right. And it's right. also it's, it's got a family dynamic where her brothers and sisters, they're along along for the ride, and they yeah. they have superpowers, but they don't want to be superheroes. Okay. So she. They have to go along to keep her out of trouble. Gotcha. So that's the whole yeah. dynamic to the book. Very cool. So let me ask you this, because um, we were talking earlier before I started recording. We were talking earlier um, just about you know black superheroes and how they're portrayed in comics. Um, my question for you is: Does a black superhero just have to deal with black issues, or can they deal with you know I don't know like world world issues as well? I think. They should deal with black issues because, you know, that's part of the black experience. Right. But as a superhero, and you got cosmic level powers, that's not all you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. You should be out there. You should be going to outer space. You should be fighting aliens from outer space. You should be doing the time travel stories. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to do that type of story that you just don't see. Yeah. Like, every like a black superhero isn't hanging out in the hood all the time. They shouldn't be hanging out. Right. I want them to hang out with the Avengers. <laughs> I want them to be the Justice League. I want them to be in outer space. That's what I want. Yeah. And I want them to be complex characters. Mm-hmm. A lot of like a lot of the books I've seen. I'm happy that they have heroes of color, but they're safe. They don't. They're not edgy. They always they do the right thing. Like Storm is a great character. She's powerful, but Storm doesn't break the rules. And if you were a superhero, you're going to break the rules sometimes. That's how. That's what people do. Yeah, it's got to be realistic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what I want. That's what I want to see in comics. Yeah. I want a character that's complex, like Wolverine. He's considered a hero, but he's murdered more people than the villains. 
he can murder hundreds of people. Yeah. And still at the end of his book, he's the hero. Yeah. That's what I want for African Americans. I want them to be complex and people are really take chances. Yeah. If you're a writer and you're writing a book about a super black superhero, take a chance. Mm-hmm. Because the stories that I'm, I have planned, because I got a, the, the original story I wrote for Copycat is a time travel story. Okay. Where she gets stuck in the past, right after slavery. And think of that. If you're a black superhero mm-hmm. and you know what the future is going to, what's going to happen, and you're sent back to the past and you have the power to change things. Right. Like, what would you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to touch on a lot of stuff like, you know, yeah. like, should she change things? Should she help these people? Should she not? I wanted to see that's what I wanted to do with my book to really make people think. Yeah. And like, ask the hard questions. It's not just, you know, you know, it's like if you send Captain America back to World War II, like, yeah, you can have him beat down Hitler. But then what is that, what, is, what happens what later happens on? After that? You know, yeah, really you know, if you go back and you start changing the course of black history and you don't have the struggle, then what happens yes. <laughs> to the culture now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's where I, I, I have her, I don't want to ruin the story. Right, right. But she has the opportunity to save someone in like an African-American, African-American leader. Mm-hmm. She's there when she knows that, uh-oh, this is going to happen. Someone's he's going to get assassinated. Something's going to happen. Right. So she has to make the decision, do I let it happen or do I... Yeah. And it gets yeah. really, really deep. And it's really... And I throw a twist in there. It was like, my <laughs> wife told me, she was like, you cannot do that. Yeah. You cannot do that in this story. But I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. I've never you seen it before. You got to push the envelope. Got to push the envelope. So... Also, in issue two, what I tried to do also with uh, with Copycat mm-hmm. is she did is a is she deals with Black Lives Matter, okay, in the book, but I didn't want to have it where it's just the same thing where she's like, okay, we got to stop this, and, you know, where she says, I want to be a hero, as a black superhero, who do I save? Do I save black people? Right. Or do I save? white people, the racists, because well, she's at a rally yeah. where there's racists there and there's Black Lives Matter. She's like, "Who? what side do I take? Yeah, yeah. But she says, I got to save them all. So I try to put that type of question in there where it's yeah. morality, a little morality, but I don't want to be heavy handed because a lot of writers, they'll just say, oh, the black superhero has to save black people. No. 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 I don't want that. Yeah. I want a black superhero to be like Superman. He saves everybody. Yeah. There's no, there's no race involved. Mm-hmm. There's never. When you have a black superhero, they always have to throw it like he's got to be in Harlem. Or he's got to be right. here. It's always about race. Yeah. Superman is never about race. Wolverine's never about race. Mm-hmm. Captain America, you, they never mention race. Yeah. As him being a hero. That's kind of what I liked about. Sorry for cutting you off. That's kind of what I liked about the end of Black Panther, where he does say, you know, like. Hey, we've got to branch out. Yes. You know, we've got to be. It's we're not just Wakanda. We yes. are the world. Yes. And we have we we live in it. We have the technology. Let's share it with everybody. Yes. Now, obviously, that's probably setting up for Black Panther two, where everything kind of goes to hell. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that's pushing that issue of you know, if you are a black superhero, how much do you help out other people? Can yes. you can you be yes. the black superhero and help out everybody? Yes. You know, or do you have to just be like your black superhero, only help out black people, 
you know, stay in your box, yeah, or yeah. stay in your area. Stay in your little area there. Yeah. That's what I wanted. That's what I always wanted to see as a kid. Is like to see them do the same things as other humans. Yeah. To save everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, because I like I grew up on. Um, you remember the Super Friends? Oh yeah. I love that character. <laughs> I loved it, but it was like. Why is Superman? He's the only one in charge, and Batman's making the decision. Right. And you had the other guy just hanging out. <laughs> and I was like, no. Yeah. I want to see the, you know, the, the 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 black guy be the one that's out there too. Right. You know, saving everybody. You know, be on the be on the same level. Yeah. Not just be included. That's right. the way. Not just be included. Be mm -hmm. on the same. That's what Black Panther. I, I almost cried in that movie. Yeah. Because he was on the same level as the other Avengers. Yeah. He wasn't a sidekick. He wasn't mm -hmm. on the same level, or yeah. even better than some of the other people. Even in Infinity War, I like that they, you know, they showed him a lot of respect. He wasn't, you know, I like that scene where they, it's him and Cap, and they're charging the battle, and they're both, both neck, right and neck, neck and neck, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not a matter of like, oh, Cap's been around for a couple years. We got to give him the spotlight, or Black Panther's hot right now. He's got to get the spotlight. It's equal. Yes. You know. Yep. And, and that's think, what people need to see. That's what people need to see. They, that that what made that movie so important. Yeah. That you got a movie where it had the same amount of money, same amount of special effects. Yeah. Everything was behind that movie, mm -hmm. and you could tell they took their time and they they really whoever set it up they really cared about that character. Yeah. Because it, it was just amazing. I can't find any flaws in how that movie was done. I was so proud. I tried. I, I tried to find flaws. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Right, This right? changes everything. Yeah. It, that movie changes everything. And Man. I think it changes for the better that it lets the world know that, because the, the people that, that made the movie, a lot of black people were on that. Yeah. That directed it, the special effects, all that. And it let, let the world know that we could create something of quality because I've been doing these conventions and people will I'll see like people will be shocked if they see like they open a book that's done by a black creator and they'll be like hmm, that's really good I'm like did you expect it to be bad right I was like why is that a surprise why is that a surprise yeah. like yeah. you expect it to be low quality and that's the thing that has got to change yeah it does got to change where people see black art black superheroes and they see, well, I want to get that. Like, I want to, like, when you see a black comic book, say, that's the same as a Spider-Man comic book. That's what I want. Yeah. That's that's the dream that I want. You know? Like, people will, like, some convention people just walk right by. And I'll pull them over, and they're like, oh, man, that's really good. I was like, what did you think right. that was going to be? That's what I want. Yeah. The people to look at black art the same as they look at everything else. Everything that we create. Yeah. That is great. Like with Jordan Peele and Get Out. Yep. People were like shocked that it was so incredible. But you can't, yeah. You got to change You got to change it. But I, I admit, going in to go to see that movie, I was like, mm, I don't know. Right. Maybe not. You know, I had that that prejudice kind of. Right. When I went in, it's like, mm, I've been burned before. <laughs> you know, we all, but I went in, I was like, oh my God, this is like the greatest damn yeah. movie I've ever seen, you know? This, I think, is a whole mentality thing where we got to, everybody's got to change. They do. And see, give black art a chance. Yeah. Just give it a chance. I like that. Uh, first off, can I get your name? All right, Sean Aline. Sean Aline. Yes, and uh, what 
tell me what, what exactly you do because I because this is a podcast, so nobody can actually see what I'm saying right now. <laughs> right, right. So I'm a full-time freelance artist. I'm also a part-time uh, art instructor, but basically uh, it means that I get to stay in my room and draw superheroes all day. Uh, that's what I specialize in. But uh, I try to think of myself as a creator, so I do anything art-related, with logos, tattoos. Uh, I, I also write. So um, I like to create my own stories as well. So yeah. Tell me, um, especially for a lot of my listeners, because they're they're probably unfamiliar with it. I'm, for me, I'm still learning about it. What exactly is Afrofuturism? Uh, so Afrofuturism is basically seeing Nubian people are black. Uh, I like to say, because for me, I don't like to say black. I feel like that is too limited to just a color. And then I don't use the term African-American because I'm Barbadian. So African-American has a different meaning for me. You yeah. know what I mean? So I say Nubian for me to um, show the, the, the depth of the, the our heritage and history. So um, it's basically Afrofuturism is seeing Nubian people in sci-fi and speculative fiction and seeing us in uh, future scenarios. So a lot of times in sci-fi, for some reason, black people don't make it. I guess I, we get killed off or something. Right. So, um, yeah, it's about seeing Nubian themes and imagery in sci-fi. Why do you think that's important that, that we see more, more black people or just people of color in general? Because, I mean, because you're right. It seems like the only people that end up making it to the future are white. Um, why is that so important? Because it gives Nubian people a chance to see ourselves as greater than what we are now. Uh, I feel like if... The, the greatest form of suppression is to eliminate hope from a person. And as Nubian people, if we don't have a hope of seeing ourselves in the future, then a lot of us feel stagnant and we can't create. You know what I mean? Like, Afrofuturism is a chance for us to go beyond what people just give us now right. and show us that what we can build in the future, that we can be greater than the conditions that exist now. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important, not just as a people, but just as a creator, just for our own imagination, we have to be able to, to tell kids, like, yes, you can be these things and you can create bigger and better. You yeah. know what I mean? That's going to be the next. Some of the greatest inventors in history are Nubian people. You know what I mean? The inventor yeah. of the stoplight, the inventor of the gas mask. You know what I mean? Right. Freaking right. peanut butter. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> Which so a lot we, of people don't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we, we need to see ourselves in the future. That's, yeah. that's what's so important for us, man. Got you. Now, do you, now, do you think there's like some reason why it seems to be on the rise now because like I said I feel like in recent years Afrofuturism has been more so on the rise I don't think we're to the to the point yet well maybe we are because was it Star Trek just had a black lead right um in their show right um like what do you think caused that well think? I think no it's coming it's coming more into the limelight because of Black Panther mm -hmm. but Afrofuturism is something that's been around since like you know 1976 has been okay. up from um, Sun Ra, you know, um, it's been up from uh, uh, the Funky Parliament, like um, well, um, George Clinton and the Funky Park Parliament, right, Parliament. Right. you know, they were showcasing Nubian people in sci-fi imagery yeah. since back then. You I know? didn't think about that. Yeah, bro, so that that's why we need to, to expose more of it to show, like, we've always been here, we've always yeah. been doing this, but yeah, I think Black Panther definitely aided in people bring um, in people recognizing Afrofuturism mm -hmm. more. Right. So uh, for that, I think, you know, I, I know a lot of people, especially new people, were like, well, you know, it's still Marvel. 
still the white man making out but i'm like yo celebrate it for what it is you know what yeah. i mean if it, if that is what it takes to change the mindset of uh, a lot of nubian people know celebrate it you yeah. know what i mean just you know and then and then what you do is you go back and you trace the roots and you see who else is doing stuff don't just leave it at marvel find the other artists that are out here that have been doing afrofuturism for years you yeah. know what i mean um there's people like uh, uh machindo um, you know his work is is incredible as far as Afrofuturism. Um, there's a guy by the name of uh, Eric Wilkerson that's doing some Afro samurai stuff, uh, Afrofuturism stuff now. There's a lot of us out here that's doing it. Yeah. Yes, my name is Marcus Haynes. <laughs> and no no future me, I did not pay him to say that. <laughs> uh, so because the because the audience isn't gonna be able to see what I see, um, so what what exactly do you do? So what I do is I write a fantasy book series that's geared sort of towards that young adult age range that really tries to show that, you know, no matter where people come from, what they look like, who they like or who they are, anybody can be a superhero. Very cool. Now, one thing that um, I pointed out right before I started recording was the fact that there's like so many different ethnicities, you know, you know not every, it doesn't have to be all black or all white, um, you know, I see you have Asian character, Hispanic character, um, so why, why was that so important to you? Because I think it's important to show like a, a diverse sort of a range of super people. Um, and to show that you know, like people can work together, and people can work together to achieve a goal. I think that's one of the big underlying messages here that you know, like we can work together as a team yeah. because the elementals, each one, one of them represents a different element of being a hero. Right. right. Now, do you feel like, um, especially, and it doesn't have to just be film; um, could just be like any form of media. Do you feel like that's uh, getting coming across? now or maybe it's like on the rise or maybe not at all i think it's on the rise but okay. I, I think what's what we have to do as people like consumers you know have to make sure that it, that rise doesn't fall mm -hmm. um so we have to make sure that we support it and not just support it but make sure that what we are getting is actually like quality because it's, yes. it's easy to say like oh well yeah we're gonna throw a couple of you know different ethnicities or whatever into this yeah um and then they don't always be good. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we're supporting what we have and then asking for more of yeah. what we have. You know, because I mean, I feel like, especially after Black Panther, that success, you know, you had a movie that was very strong. Right. It surprised a lot of people, surprised critics, probably right. surprised Disney. Right, right. You right. know, um, and I remember, I can't remember what it was. Oh, Wrinkle in Time mm -hmm. came out, I think, two weeks later. Yeah. And I remember it was kind of like up in the air as far as should we support this, should we not? Yeah. And if we are going to support it, are we supporting it because it's good or are we... Yeah. And so I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We have to make sure that, you know, we ask for quality because if not, it's just going to be a bunch of... It'll be quantity, like right. a whole lot, but it won't really be quality. Yeah. So when we're asking for, you know, we want more representation, I always like more good representation. <laughs> Say your name for the audience. Yes, Dedrin Sneed. 
Uh, and Dedrick, because the, uh, the audience can't see what I'm seeing right now, what exactly do you do? So I'm a writer and artist and creator of a fantasy series called Sword and the Spear. It's an African fantasy setting set in a, basically, a all-women, all-African fantasy setup. And there's a army of monsters called the Abiku who are trying to destroy the world. And we tell the story of the last generation of girls as they try to save it. So why all women? Right. You know, because, I mean, obviously you are, you are male. And, and until you just pointed out, I just noticed that there are no men in the series. Right. Why, why is that? We wanted to kind of give a contrast of women, especially women of color, being able to be diverse. And we say diverse in a way of being that it could be the protagonist and the antagonist of the storyline. They can okay. be the heroes, they can be the villains, they can be the, um, you know, basically anything that they want. Yeah. So kind of giving it a, against this contrast where there are monsters, but there are no men. It also lends to like the strength and the opportunity. Basically, every relationship that we look at can exist in the same setting. So mm -hmm. that's so it gives us a way to to kind of distill that relationship between women in a, a visual sense, where again, there's no men uh, present, but then there's still the premise of masculinity, yeah. uh, still strength and power. Right. And then and that's kind of what we want to kind of have that little bit of social experimentation in that way. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, now, do you feel like there are a lot of shows out now that are are doing that, or do you feel like it's it's still very underrepresented in huh? like in our media today? Right. Well, I think the way the the end of that the in this in our media today, I think mm -hmm. it's underrepresented. But I think like opportunities like a blurred con, you mm -hmm. know, kind of highlight that the talent is there, the the product is there, right. and most importantly, the 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 need for you know, that's for satisfying that kind of, that at first, I guess to say, you know, yeah. that of having that is definitely here. I mean, we look here where we're in the artist alley. You can look down here and, you know, my table out, you know, beside me and two tables down. You know, there's so much talent and and the things that, again, if you're waiting for the media to show it, I think yeah. you're going to be missing out. But also, if you look at it, I mean, it's right here and it is available. And and it's good to see that we are like we being uh, people of color, people who maybe are a little bit less represented in traditional media. Yeah. You know, you still have that voice. We still have the opportunity to, to still create and be heard. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's critical for these type of endeavors to go on. Yeah. What What would you say like needs to needs to happen? Like how do we how do we make sure that we have more representation? Well, I think first thing is just looking around you and, and just being a uh, point of support. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that representation is is always is always necessary. Uh, it's, and it's not necessarily it has to be political, right. but it can just be, it can just be personal. And mm -hmm. I think that's where it is. Just looking at your local conventions, even in your local library, your local bookstores. Yeah, you know, it's it's not hard to find the quality talent, and when you see it, support it. And even if it's not financial support, it's also the support of letting other people know about it and letting other people know that you're interested yeah. because you know we're so interconnected you know I mean it's the whole premise of things going viral you mm -hmm. know if somebody likes it and someone else likes it it's, it's real easy for like the exponential uh, kind of uh, let me say like the exponential um, reach yeah. you know to the things that we want or feel like we absolutely need to have mm -hmm. it's, it's available yeah so, yeah and not as hard as I think we make it make it out to be that's a beautiful thing. Now, how can how can people for our close? How do how can people support you um, in this project? Because like I said, this this is really cool, 
and I want I want people to know about it. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. So uh, you can find our project online at sorghumandspear.com, the sorghumandspear.com. And we're also under our studio at Green County Creative. That's green with an E, a Green County Creative. But again, we're going to do a big push for Sorghum and Spears. It's already out uh, in a lot of spaces like uh, online, but we ourselves don't push it too much, but that's about to change. thing that I loved about all of these different artists that I got a chance to talk to was the fact that it was so encouraging to hear that you know films like Black Panther did make a difference and I said this on the show um, in a in a very very early episode when Black Panther first came out you know I said the, the very the very fact that Black Panther was even made um, and is is one thing. Then I said, if it becomes a success, that's a completely that's a completely different thing um, because now we might have a chance to see more films like that um, where we can see more stories from Black culture. We can see Afrofuturism and not even just. Um, not even just stories from from blacks, but also Asians, um, from women, uh, from the LGBTQ plus community. Um, we can hear all of that because Hollywood is uh, is essentially being forced to see now that our stories should not and will not be ignored anymore and I think it is a beautiful thing that conventions like Blurred Con exist because here's what that means that means you are going to get more people of color people from different ethnic backgrounds people from different uh, religious backgrounds you know uh, different sexual orientations they are going to see something like blurred con and they are going to be inspired it's it's not something that is going to pin them down it's not something that is going to uh degrade them it's going to build them up and in this day and age, regardless on political affiliation or whatever, what we need right now is unity and love. So I hope you guys, uh, I hope you take that with you as I sign off. If you enjoyed this episode, um, on top of following uh, these amazing, amazing artists, uh, if you would like to follow Popcorn Prattle a little bit more, if you in enjoy what I was putting down, um, I, I guarantee you uh, it, is a, it is a fun show. It, this was a, a lot more of a serious uh, show, but never fear. Uh, we can get, uh, we can be just as funny 
uh, as we can be serious because I feel like uh, just like in life, you need to have a healthy balance of both those worlds. So if you would like to listen to us more, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, basically any place that you can get a podcast, you can probably find us. Uh, you can also locate us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, oh, and, and of course, if you would like to talk to me a little bit more, uh, again, my name is Marcus Sally. You can find me at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. You can find me on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. Just type in uh, the Marcus Leroy uh, and you'll be able to find my Instagram. It's usually just pictures of me showing off my nerd shirts on my way to the gym. Um, Yeah, so <laughs> can't wait to connect with you guys. Uh Thanks so much to everyone at BlurredCon. I had a fantastic time, and uh, please believe you will be seeing me again next year. I think that's everything. So, audience, I leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Oh, and, uh, Make good choices. Rip your pants up.